0: Hey, everybody, welcome to the Daily Objective from the Ayn Rand Center UK, which is obviously an un-American or I should say, not necessarily American organization, but I am currently in the belly of what is sadly becoming a bit of a beast. You know, there used to be a time when if you said you're for capitalism, people assumed that you're a proud Republican and uh, for better and for worse, those days are over. Um, I am a radical for capitalism, as is our co-host over here, who I'm about to introduce. And uh, for a very long time, we've been disillusioned with the direction of the Republican Party. Don't get us wrong. The Republicans were always mealy-mouthed and disingenuous, you could say, or certainly unprincipled in their defense of capitalism. But any lip service they used to pay to principled, grounded, individual liberty uh, seem to have been brushed aside, but we're, we, you could even say we're starting to see it a little bit, the lip service paid again at the convention, which I've been trying to watch, and we've been trying to watch, just to kind of get an idea of, um, of what they're saying. And it seems that when it's time to rally the troops, it's time to start talking about the founders and, the, and, and individualism and the American dream, qua business ownership, et cetera. But it's a little too late to, uh, to try and save that, um, to save that. Anyway, I'll stop with my little opening ramble and pass it over to a man who's so articulate, he cannot have been raised in the American school system. I'll tell you for sure. Please, uh, welcome a man who hails straight from Athens itself, Nikos Sotarikopoulos.
1: Hello. Hi, Raka. Hi, everyone. So... Yes, one could say it's a loss of time watching the convention. Actually, it's not a loss of time because it gives you an idea of where the party is going. And there's one main question for me. Is the Republican Party hijacked by Trump and Trumpites, but otherwise there is hope? Or is there like no hope full stop? And we're going to find out. But before we go to the, to the convention, Trump released two days ago his 50 points, 50 50 points for his second term. And I want to read you some stuff and ask for your commentary. I mean, that would be good. That would be fun as a drinking game on who said it, Donald Trump or Bernie Sanders. So listen to this, for example. Under the title jobs, create 10 million new jobs in 10 months. Two, create 1 million new small businesses. Now, this could be very well be like the five-year plan of, I don't know, like, the Communist Party of Soviet Union, we're going to create 10 million jobs. Now, it doesn't say even like encourage. It's like, I will create 10 million jobs. And Yaron Brook had a very good moment when he gave Trump the nickname uh, Central Planner-in-Chief. And this oozes Central Planner, Central Planning. Or listen to this, on healthcare, he begins by saying, put patients and doctors back in charge of our healthcare system. So you read this and you're like, yes. <laughs> and then <laughs> next, like literally two points below that. Cover all pre-existing conditions. Protect Social Security and Medicare. It's like it's two different parties, and it's, it's, it's like their programs were mixed. Or listen to this one. Education. Provide school choice to every child in America. Yes. Next point. Teach American exceptionalism. <laughs> so provide choice, but I'm going to tell you what to, to teach. And the worst of the worst, which I couldn't believe it. And I kind of refreshed the page just to make sure this is not, uh, this is not like a, uh, the onion or something. Quote, prohibit American companies from replacing United States citizens with lower cost foreign workers. Notice, he doesn't talk about illegals or immigrants or whatever. Prohibit American companies from replacing United States citizens with lower-cost foreign workers. Now, excuse me, but when I hear in the convention people denouncing socialism or whatever, I'm not sold.
0: Yeah, and um, the sad thing is, the only things that Republicans really feel strongly about are conservatives. The the things that they're willing to die on the hill defending is the so-called rights of the unborn, you know... uh, first term abortion being one example guns now i, uh, I, I support gun, on, gun gun ownership to the extent i have any opinion about it but i mean to treat that like the crux of individual rights whereas property rights are more open for negotiation and that's exactly what we see from conservatives when it comes to uh, property rights it's a matter of utility it's a, it's contingent on its social value but when it comes to you know guns and abortion. Now, this is the, the battle of our generation, they'll tell you. So Trump knows how the game is played. He's a populist. I mean, he's a marketer. He's, he was a TV star. I used to enjoy his TV show, The Apprentice, Celebrity Apprentice. He would, get, he would get celebrities, some of them washed up, but not all of them washed up. Some of them are still very much used to having people flatter them and offer them goodies but they sit in front of Trump and they beg him not to fire them. He knows how to get people to beg. Um, it's a fascinating thing to watch, but it's not, it does not make for the good leader of a free country. He is a born despot. I hate to say it, but if you actually told Trump today, you know what, you have um, to- total control. You are an absolute leader like, like the French monarch not, nothing Trump, uh, nothing in inside of Trump would scream like, wait, wait, what, what could this lead to? Or, or should I even have this much power? He would say, okay, good. I'll do a good job. I'm going to save this country. I will do, I'll create jobs. But yeah, everything you listed, yeah, full of contradictions, creating jobs. I mean, you know, eight years ago, when Republicans were running against Obama, or or whenever Republicans were opposed to Obama, they would also talk about creating jobs. But you had people like Hannity and, and other conservatives saying, we'll create jobs by freeing the market. We'll create jobs by allowing insurance companies to travel across state lines. We're, we're going to create jobs by allowing businessmen to, uh, to, to, to do their thing without regulating them out of existence. So there was at least the lip service to the merits, the, the value of liberty in economics but now it's just a hundred percent whatever is is utilitarian whatever is um, whatever can be demonstrated to lead to the creation of jobs is the right of a businessman to do and otherwise it's the government's full uh, discretion to revoke that right
1: and you mentioned something that brought to my mind atlas frag so at some point the bad guy says something like well, private property is given to you and you're a guardian, basically, that you have to make sure that it is used on behalf of the common good or of the community. And that's not very far away from the language used by, 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 the, by the Republicans here. But let's go a bit more to the convention and try to, to see some things. So uh, I watched mostly the speeches by Trump Jr. Nikki Haley and Trump himself. Now with Trump, it wasn't, let's say, the official acceptance speech. This will be at the end if I'm not wrong. But two things, two things that caught my attention, and they all boil down to the same point. So they don't refer anymore to China. They refer to the Communist Party of China. And also when they talk about Biden, they talk about either something like the extreme left or the socialists. So I think the one thing that gives them hope is that they try to create some product differentiation from Biden based on the idea that Biden is the extreme left. Now, I think that Biden is not the extreme left. I don't think that any of these people is, quote, Marxist. But wherever the Overton window is today, it's it's clearly that it's, it sells. So in a way, I could easily imagine that if they had opposite them someone like a centrist, like Clinton in, I don't know, 92 or something like that, they would be in a very, very, very difficult position. But now, because of how the Democrats have sanctioned some of the things that should then be happening, like uh, the riots, and uh, and so when, whenever these things went beyond kind of an urge for justice, the, the fact that the, the, that the Democrats have been in favor has created this kind of Two ways, the one way is the hard left, and at the end is the Communist Party of China, God knows how, and the other right is the, is the, is the Republicans. So at least you see in, in this way, they pay lip service that tyranny and us. Do you think yeah. this
0: works? I mean, it's an ongoing question. Are, is it a good thing that they pay lip service to capitalism and liberty, or does it just tarnish the image of capitalism and liberty? It's an ongoing question. It's hard for me to even decide which is worse if Republicans uh, distance themselves from capitalism and liberty, or if they speak in the name of it, because yeah, it it just, it just confuses everyone to have Republicans talking about, Oh, those socialists on on the, in the Democrat party are going to ruin this country. And, and meanwhile, what Republicans want to do, it's, it's almost tit for tat, what Obama ran on and the things that Obama promised to do, which, which conservatives were protesting against and, riling against um it's uh, uh you know we we live in a very uh, very very sad day it, it's I don't, it's like i don't even know which is worse anymore when republicans are paying lip service to liberty or if if they did if they would just go ahead and distance themselves from it um but yeah you know once upon a time clinton and biden were the radical left they, these guys are from the hippie generation i think they all went to college obviously they're you know, they're anti-Vietnam people, John Kerry and all of them. I mean, by the way, we, we hate the war in Vietnam, but that's for another episode. Um, but yeah, these were hippies. And once upon a time, they were the sort of culmination of the university's indoctrination of leftists that were entering politics. And today, Biden and Bill Clinton and even Obama now are seen as establishment Democrats. Whereas we have, yeah, we've got the, what are they? Is it is calling them the, the four horsewomen? Uh, is that insulting or is that, or is that what they call themselves, the four horses? They,
1: they call themselves in a, they have a particular phrase that, they, that uh, Trump Jr. used. But anyway, we get who mm-hmm. we're talking about. Uh, yeah, um, I mean, yeah. we've had, we
0: have like now the, the generation of people that are just like immersed, just neck deep in critical race theory and just explicit anti-capitalist rhetoric that are now in politics and that a lot of voters agree with. or or vocally agree with, at least on social media. And uh, yesterday's radicals are today's establishment. Meanwhile, uh, you know, there used to be a time when Republicans needed to at least uh, pretend that they were for capitalism. Um, And even then, we had a lot of problems with them. But I mean, compared to today, they were, you know, Milton Friedman compared to today's Republicans. Today's Republicans, they're just, it's like they pride themselves in being unprincipled. It's just, You know, I saw Charlie Kirk get up there and give his speech. Uh, He's just explicitly, explicitly Trumpian through and through. I mean, we can have a little bit of, um, a little bit of um, patience with him because, I mean, he's, you know, a full, a full generation, a full high school generation younger than myself. I mean, he's 26 or so. He's, you know, eight years younger than me or something like that now. Yeah, he's seven years younger than me even, and I'm still a youngster, so uh, we can have, we can be a little bit patient with him, but but he speak, he represents a large segment of the voting public, which is why he's speaking at the RNC, which is why he's a successful, wealthy um, political voice to be reckoned with. So, um, yeah, I mean the, the 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 death of capitalism is taking place in the Republican Party before our eyes.
1: Yeah, but here's something very interesting. You mentioned Charlie Kirk or Candace Owens. And what made these people prominent? The culture wars. And more specifically, the free speech issue, however it's framed. But here's something interesting. So free speech was at the center last night also of Trump Jr.'s approach. So he said, uh, basically, we are the party of free speech. These are the very same people that whenever someone on their side, or from any side, I mean, it doesn't matter which side is but when someone was deplatformed, They would tag, literally tag, the president of the United States, asking him to take action against Twitter. So basically, it's free speech, unless you're a big capitalist, unless you're a big business. So this populist narrative, which says that big business is bad, it's versus the people, collectivism versus big business, that's very alive and well in the Republican Party. And again, the question is, is this a parenthesis? And after Trump, this is going to go away? Who knows? I think the best the best moment in Trump Junior's speech was when he talked about school choice. And probably someone told them that, you know what, guys, you know, don't go full central planning, give also some glimpse of and because Trump himself mentioned it, Trump Junior mentioned it, and it's also and it's also on the on the 50 points. Now, another good point, and actually the only good point for me was Nikki Haley's speech. Now, she endorsed, obviously, Trump, but I think she, she had a completely different tone. So she was the only one who actually made the moral argument. So she said that I had the not pleasant business to be in a place in the United Nations where I was surrounded by murderous regimes that required until recently got sanction and actually money. So good point. She talked about Israel, again, on moral terms, good point. And she gave a line that I really, really liked. She said, quote, America isn't perfect, but the principles we hold dear are perfect. So did you see Nikki Haley's appearance as kind of a glimpse from the future, which says that I'm going to be the next page of the Republican party, of the GOP, and it's going to be a return, if there ever was,
0: to some (laughs) principles? We didn't hear her name, all of the principles. It's quite possible that faith and uh, family, quote unquote, which means family values being imposed by law. We didn't, we didn't hear her articulate those principles. And since she's not a philosopher, because she, since she's not a, an intellectual leader, she is a, one of the better political figures, but not a, an intellectual leader, there's a good chance of her getting uh, her contradictions exploited by the Trumpians and the uh, various other um, Demons uh, that that fly amongst us and that her being corrupted, just like everyone else. Um, So we don't know what she represents as far as the future. But I uh, her speech, if I recall, was as good as it could be at a Trump, a Trump nominating convention. It was as good as it could be. Like she left out probably some things, opinions she holds that sort of conflict with Trump. And she named some things that are good that other Trump supporters would not even think of bringing up. Like you said, the fact that the UN um, gives dictators a platform because Trump himself um, is a fan of dictators. He gave uh, Kim Jong-un a platform by standing next to him and shaking hands with him and, saying, and praising him in various ways. Um, look, I mean, whether or not Nikki Haley is the future or not is, uh, is a good question in, in terms of what's good about her. Uh, is, if, is that the future? And, uh, you know, you mentioned Euron Brook. I think uh, he's expressed optimism in that he doesn't think the, the Americans will ever get behind someone like AOC or uh, Ilan Omar. And I, if I, you I know, I always hesitate to quote people, but I think I, I, I'm paraphrasing him correctly. And for that reason, I think he's also suggesting that we root for a Biden landslide win because it would send a message to the Democrats, yes, find your center, find the center stage, find the center stage. And it sends the Republicans a message that this whole populist experiment is an embarrassment. So anyway, that's, I think I agree with all of that. Um, and uh, of course it's not up to me. And I live in a very blue state, which is California. So uh, my president will be Hugo Chavez, no matter what I do. Um, but uh, you know, I know it's a scary thought to think. Oh, and and but but think about this uh, final thought about the RNC that I have at the moment is, you know, there's a reason they're calling Biden the Trojan horse of the four horsemen of you know Elon Omar and AOC. There's a reason they're calling him a Trojan horse because Biden himself is not a voice for communism. He himself is not a critical race theory. Um, uh, you know, specialist who wants to implement new policies about that. He is a crappy, power lusting, uh, Hillary Clinton type of scumbag who will do a lot of damage if given the opportunity, I make no mistake. But he is not a communist dictator, like some of the other Democrats. So there's a reason they have to call him a Trojan horse, because they know he himself is not the worst the Democrats have to offer right now. And the Democrats went to great lengths to keep the crazies out of this nomination. And uh, the Republicans are at the height of craziness right now. And, and I, I think, uh, I think uh, there's a time in life to, to gamble. And I think right now is the time to gamble with the Democrats. Let the Democrats learn that, that, that finding center stage is the best course for action. And let the Republicans learn that this populist experiment is an embarrassment.
1: Uh, I don't know if I agree on that, but uh, we have Well, it's not to- up to
0: you. You're not American. I'm joking. Uh, we respect no, your that's, opinion. That's, yeah. But you said something that really brings me in front of like a creepy future. You said that
1: the hippies of the 60s became the mainstream. And here's like my explaining message to many young conservatives. So I realize you think this is the election is the most important thing in history. I mean, the may, maybe they are. I don't think they are. I mean- what would we say about lincoln's election but anyway i realize that this is super important but think about something the way things are going and in the way that as breitbart said that you conservatives probably like that how politics are downstream from culture keep in mind that in 20 years aoc or ilhan omar or whatever is going to be the mainstream is going to be the center and again it's not difficult to 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 kind of smell where the culture is going So when we say that, you know, it's all about ideas and it's all about philosophy, I'm very excited with politics, right? We're going to be up on the election night, which is going to be a gift that we'll keep on giving to our our audience, but don't take our eyes from the ball. And the ball is where are the ideas going? Because you could see the 2044, for example, elections, AOC being kind of the voice of... uh, of, uh, of centering, of reason, quote, based on what else could be happening then. It's probably not going to happen because we're doing a great job and we're going to win in when the time comes, or at least that's what we are trying to do. But again, keep the eye on the ball and the ball is philosophy and ideas. Any parting thoughts, Raga?
0: Absolutely right. Um, and it is scary to think of what the future holds when you consider the, uh, the ideas that are gaining prominence in the culture. But, you know, as far as politics go, the best thing, like I said, is the best thing we can hope to do is embarrass the Republicans for the choices they've been making recently uh, qua populism and the sort of um, stabbing of the founding fathers in the back. And the best thing we could message we could send to the Democrats is find center stage. You know, go for the center. Um, and it, Look, it's possible, by the way, that even if someone like AOC got, it got more powerful, that she would ultimately need to moderate and sort of find the center because the American people, the people you meet on the street, they sort of, um, they sort of pay lip service to a lot of these, these nutty lefty ideas the same way that Republicans uh, pay lip service to, the, to capitalism. So there, there is your silver lining that the disingenuous lip service is on all sides of the aisle. You know, there, there's no, it's no coincidence that people like Benjamin Franklin um, were searching for ethics. They were looking, asking ethical questions, asking what is the, like, what is a secular case for ethics, even if he didn't put it in those words, that people like Thomas Jefferson said "Fix reason firmly in her seat. The founding fathers were Enlightenment thinkers. They were uh, intellectuals and men of action, as I think Rand put it eloquently. Um, there's a re- there, It's no coincidence that they were asking these questions and that they were willing to die on the hill of individual rights, albeit imperfectly implemented at that time. Far from perfect, but still, in that context, a bold new step for mankind. It's no coincidence that they were intellectuals that that were of a certain position and uh, that they gave us uh, the, the closest thing we've ever had to capitalism, objective rule of law and the american dream so that is where the battle needs to be waged and that is the that is the battleground as i think you alluded to it it ultimately is about philosophy and time is running out
1: it is and the one thing you can help in so that we change these things with before time runs out which is one of my favorite francisco's quote in that uh, in that money speech is to help the iron center uk and help the great work that Razi and the other people in the group are doing so how you can do this you can like the social media pages facebook twitter instagram share the episodes if you like and if it's not a sacrifice for you consider becoming a donor or a member going to iron center uk i think slash membership and consider helping anyway that was all for today from me and from raga all the best Bye bye